Thanks for downloading the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're joined by Melanie Gurness, art market editor at the Art Newspaper and author of the book, Art as an Investment, a Survey of Comparative Assets. Melanie, it's great speaking with you. How have you been? Hi, Adam. I'm well, thank you very much. You survived Freeze Week. <laughs> I did. I'm, I am, I'm here to tell the tale. Uh, tales. Yeah, it, was, it was a very good week overall. Thank you. That's great. First, from an aesthetic perspective... Were there any trends at the fair in terms of the type of art or artists or even the way in which galleries curated their booths? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's always very difficult to completely summarize, you know, hundreds of hundreds of galleries. But I, I preferred Freeze London this year to last year. Um, the art seemed better, which is very difficult to define. But I, th- I think uh, actually the Gagosian booth is a perfect example. It's one of the first ones you see as you walk in. And... I think it was the first time for uh, several people that it has been as well received. He had Glenn Brown, uh, the new drawings in particular, everybody loved, and it just seemed a more thoughtful presentation than he than he had done before, than the gallery had done before. Um, other than that, I think actually one of the things I noticed was more of a more an overarching change is that it, it has it is increasingly institutionalised. There seemed to be a bit more zoning it felt like you know you turn left for the really high-end galleries and then in the middle you've got the middle galleries and then towards the end you've got the the focus section and the younger galleries and they do they intersperse it with a few projects and and performances to to lighten it up but it was something i noticed in basel as well this year that things are laid out to make it a little easier for for visitors to navigate and from your interactions with galleries or collectors or just other insiders in the business, do you have a sense of how the sales were? Were they were they strong this year? Um, yeah, I mean, as much as as much as you can ever know, I think either there was a Phillips had a strong auction in the middle of the week, and in fact, through the week, the auction seemed to be very well. And that always boosts a bit of confidence, you know, if the public prices are are good, um, then people are less worried about, you know, doing private doing private deals. There certainly didn't seem to be any any worries at all at Freeze London. Yeah, that's interesting. So, you know, obviously the auctions occur um, right during Freeze Week. So mm-hmm. the results of those sales, they have a strong impact on how the fair yeah. is doing? You know, there was one, one dealer in... Um, Freed Masters, Aiken and McLean, um, who were there for the first time, and they had a small Warhol flower, you know, the famous flower painting. And they they knew that, you know, no one was going to buy it until they had seen what happened to the other flower paintings that week. I think it's just there are very few benchmarks uh, in the art market, so people rely a little on auction for that. And were you able to gauge the overall sentiment at the fair in terms of if it was really optimistic about how the market's doing or if there was some concern or if it was somewhere in the middle? I, I, I fear somewhere in the middle. Um, there didn't seem to be any sort of strong uh, inclination either way, but actually somewhere in the middle when people are a little bit nervous about you know the, the, the economic backdrop everywhere, somewhere in the middle is, isn't bad going. And you mentioned Freeze Masters. It's now in its fourth year in existence. How are things there? Uh, and is there a sense yet if this uh, experiment, Freeze Masters, is, is a success and here to stay for the future? That's a good question. I mean, it, it looked 
beautiful. I mean, it's always looked beautiful, but this time, in terms of, there was definitely more booth curation, um, a lot more galleries joining forces, you know, old, you know, Tommaso Brothers um, with, I've now forgotten the name of the gallery, so it's <laughs> a bit of a fantastic booth, it will come to me. But there was something with Bridget Riley's and, and sculptures and old and new together, which looked phenomenal. Um, uh, and then some real efforts being made to, you know, there was one booth that, that reimagined um, the, the a lunatic asylum, uh, which was a little uncomfortable, but it looked incredible. So people were making real, real efforts. Um, but I think Freeze Masters is always going to be dogged with this pressure of whether or not they've made sales. And for older art and more expensive art, uh, sales take longer than perhaps for, for, for cheaper art. Um, and I haven't, you know, I haven't heard that they were much better than they have been. Um, there were sales made. Uh, but uh, but I think there isn't really anything else like it, especially in London. So I think the experiment will continue. Um, but there were certainly, there were fewer old master galleries this year, markedly fewer. Um, so it's, it's, just, it's just still finding exactly who it's serving, I think. Right, yeah. That, I, I guess maybe the, the originally one of the ideas of that is, they could potentially take advantage of this crossover effect where you could get those people who are buying the contemporary works in the main fair um, and expose them to some of those older works. Yeah. Do you sense, I, is, that, is that still uh, I, kind of actually, work in I, progress, that strategy? Or? The sense I get is actually what's working is the other way around, um, that people who buy older art, it's quite easy to attract them to new art. I actually think the other way around is harder, but um, you know that's that's an instinct rather than uh, anything I can quantify for you. Mm-hmm. And you wrote an interesting article during the fair on the trend of established galleries focusing on expanding their presences in the major hubs like New York and London rather than expanding geographically into new markets. What's the story behind this shift in thought where galleries at one point were all seeking to have a presence in one emerging art market or another? Well, I think, I mean, as one dealer said to me, you know, the costs are not just financial. So that the cost of being in a place that is uh, you know, perhaps a long way away, has a very diff- different um, legal or, or you know, business uh, regime. Uh, and moving your staff, the physical moving of your staff around the world, um, actually takes its toll. Um, and if you really want to go all around the world as a dealer, there are ga- there are fairs in every city um, any week of the year. To be honest, so that you can find something. But where the market is, and this is it is very much, I think, for the high high end. Um, your collectors want to buy in New York and London. Author of the book Art as an Investment: A Survey of Comparative Assets. You'd written that about a year ago, is that right? Approximately. It's, it's actually two years two now. Two years ago, wow, two incredible. Years now. Yeah, got to think um, of the next one. <laughs> and how, as, as art, um, I guess what you wrote in there two years ago, mm. in those past two years, do you feel like um, art as an investment, is, there, is it being viewed differently? Um, or what do you think over the, you know, the major themes in that book, how the past two years... Um, yeah, I think, I, think it's changed I, think, I think it came out at a 
good time in terms of the fact that it came out when people really were questioning. Um, that doesn't mean people aren't still trying to create a world where art works as an investment. And I think that's why you see things now. Like, I mean, I honestly don't know how many Fontanas were at auction uh, and on booths and in galleries in London um, last week. But you would think with that much supply <laughs> that the prices would go down. But what happens is the opposite because you're creating, it creates a market where there is a bit more price information, there's liquidity. So people are craving being able to use art as an investment. But I think it's quite difficult still. Melanie, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and recapping the fair for us. And we always That's okay. Enjoy. I have to just say, I have to just say, it, it was Carsten Schubert who had the booth with Tommaso Brothers at uh, Freeze Master that looked so fantastic. So uh, sorry for Perfect. not remembering off no, the top of my head. No problem. Uh, we yeah, we appreciate having you on and recapping the fair for us. Uh, it's always great to hear about your experiences, uh, especially during a week like Freeze Week. Um, and uh, yeah, if our listeners want to check out your writing, they should on in the art newspaper. And you're also <laughs> tweeting all the time about the uh, art world and art market. What's uh, your Twitter handle for our listeners? Uh, at M Gerlis, or so M G E R L I S for sugar. Perfect, Melanie. Thanks so much again. We Thank you, it. Adam. <laughs>